Hello, product innovators. Today, we learn from an AR VR veteran on what's happening in the industry today and how it applies to hardware development. You're listening to the Product Startup Podcast, the show that helps bring your product idea to life by chatting with successful inventors, product developers, manufacturers, and hardware industry professionals. Our goal here is to get to the bottom of what makes a product successful, from initial idea to getting your product on store shelves. We're taking you step-by-step to build a functional product and scale your product business. Hosted by Kevin Mako, one of North America's leading experts on hardware development for small product businesses. Now, onto the show. Welcome back, everyone. Today, I'm excited to introduce Luke Levine to the show. Luke got into augmented reality and virtual reality back in 2014. He was an early adopter to build both hardware and software to disrupt the real estate industry through those technologies. Today, he is the vice president at XR Applied Technologies, a leader in VR and AR integration. Today, Luke is going to share some valuable knowledge on how inventors, startups, and small manufacturers can think about integrating AR and VR, and how they can educate and sell new technologies in emerging markets in general. Many of these lessons are relevant for any type of product that is new or disrupting any industry, as most hardware inventions aspire to do. Now, on to the episode. Luke, welcome to the show. Hi, lovely to meet you. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you on. I understand that you're in between moving today, so you're <laughs> trying to get yes, situated I, between all these boxes and everything else that's going on. Yes, thanks. It's literally moving out of our house as we speak, so it's a nice break from the mundane tasks of packing boxes and folding clothes. And you normally work out of London, England, and you're currently in Portugal. Well, I left London about two years ago, just when COVID kicked off, and I moved to France for some time, uh, kind of isolated because I wanted to be away from all of uh, the, the noise that was happening globally. Good call. And uh, and then I was actually in the US for a toy fair in New York when, when things got really sticky and managed to leave to fly back to, to France and then move to Portugal. Wow, you've been all over the place. Now you come from a design background, then you went into selling big ticket items and then into VR AR sales in the hardware space and then all over the space and in terms of VR AR. Very excited to talk about that subject today because there's a lot happening in the industry. It's well established beyond just a buzzword now. There's a lot that's going to be affecting our lives in the future, both from hardware and software and just human interaction perspectives. Mm. So why don't you just give us a bit of a background of some of that hardware experience that you had in the AR VR space and anything else you want to highlight in your background. Then we'll jump into what's happening in the space and what hardware startups need to know about what's happening in the industry today. I'm an animator by trade, so a multidisciplinarian in terms of animation. I I, I moved from traditional hand-drawn to uh, 3D, stop-motion, VFX, worked in different areas from design and storyboarding to production, creative direction and direction. I mean, doing music videos and commercials and animation series and motion pictures as well, before shifting from traditional animation to immersive theater. Actually, the big influence for me was in 2008, and this is quite interesting because it comes back round to VR today and what's happening in the VR space and what to look out for. But in 2008, I had the good fortune to experience a punch drunk show. So back in 2008, they were relatively unknown and they were performing in London. And the, the experience itself was so compelling, so immersive. I mean, the word immersive now is a buzzword and it's almost like it's sinful to use it. But at the time, you, we had no, no one had ever experienced anything like this before. So we arrived in the space, no idea what to expect. And after two hours later, I came out and it completely, it radically shifted my relationship with storytelling and the potential of storytelling. 
And this is interesting for two reasons. One, as an animator, you, you don't experience anything that's not created or visualized beforehand. But in theory, nothing exists unless you conceptualize it. And that control is, is, is really important, but it's also, it's limited to the two-dimensional space. When you experience immersive theatre, you're, you're lost in a universe that's also been created in a physical space. And this idea of creating otherworldly experiences, it was Punch Drunk that planted that seed, that eventually led me into real estate, the idea that you could design space. And I suddenly got a, a taste for physical spaces, but that period taught me about sales. And... Um, where everything kind of was consolidated was in the sales of real estate using VR. And that was the first time I saw the potential for VR in 2014, just at the time that uh, Facebook had bought Oculus from Pamelaki. And, and uh, there was this kind of movement, and I like to keep an eye on trends and how trends are, uh, where trends are going and, and to see if there's a point of convergence with it with a moving trend, so like, right, there's this new technology, we've known about it for a while, but suddenly it's it might go commercial. And even in 2014, Facebook had an eye on the metaverse and they wanted to kind of create a revolution in social VR, the idea that we can all come together in this new reality. And so this, this, this convergence of real estate, the virtual reality space, other realms, other dimensions of possibility kind of seemed to converge. And that's where I got the idea that VR was really where I needed to be. And that's where I was going to be able to kind of make impact. Because back then in 2014, obviously everybody had heard of VRAR, but it really just was a buzzword at the time. And it was hard to really visualize how it would become integrated into our lives. I mean, there's lots of ideas that were coming out, cartoon shows that were depicting different things on how we'd be living in these separate universes and whatever. But the reality is, starting with real estate, which is a great example, even just sticking on a VR headset, being able to visualize what your space could look like, something quite obvious like that but has now evolved into hundreds of different verticals all across various industries. And we're only at the tip of the iceberg right now. I even think in product design, one of the beautiful things about virtual reality, and we use both AR and VR, is just describing or even on both the development side, but also developing products, but also on the visualization side, which is something that you were highlighting too, which is so important, both in sales and in understanding of particular space when it came to your real estate. We look at it in products too. How do you get inside of something and really understand how a screw goes into an inner piece? Well, it's very difficult to visualize in 2D. As soon as you pop that into 3D, you can immerse yourself in that environment. So the designer can actually start tweaking and modifying that. But the person on the other side that you're either selling or pitching or whatever it is in terms of a stakeholder can really start to understand that. But again, that's just the tip of the iceberg because there's hundreds of different applications in different industries. And a lot of that's trickling down to hardware because the big thing that I find so interesting about AR, VR, it's a space where you're converging the digital world and the physical world into one. And that's going to create some tremendous opportunity for a number of hardware companies out there. So I'm curious to see from your perspective, what you see kind of moving forward with this shift in AR, VR, what does the future of AR, VR look like in, in the hardware space or just in our lives in general, so that we can start thinking about as inventors, as product developers, how we can start utilizing or thinking about this technology and how it relates to us and our businesses going forward? The, the first thing is the potential in, to collectively work on uh, a physical space in real time is wonderful. So the idea that you, an, an engineer, a developer, an architect, a buyer can all be physically in a space, customizing that space, responding in real time, 
focusing on the details like the screws, like the flooring, like the tiling, making real-time changes in a matter of like what would otherwise take weeks can take hours, right? And then you can actually, and then you can sign off on, on a project, everyone's on board, everyone's aligned immediately, and, and then go straight to purchase. And you can also buy, try before you, but there's multiple different benefits. So when we started to build products, and we also created the hardware as well. So we, we, we created uh, virtual showrooms. Um, one of the biggest projects we worked on was uh, a billion dollar development where we were replanning. Uh, we worked with two big developers in the UK called Legal and General Schroeder. And they had, there was a regeneration of the whole town center, basically a million square foot. And we had to visualize this new town center and we had to build all the sales tools, the marketing tools, communication tools, the, the interactive touchscreens, the gamified features for the touch table so you could move around this future town center and and uh, we, and, and then so, so it was just a lease units from the from 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 the from the three D virtual environment of and, and and customize those units and then sell them in real time so we had to and they had and it had to be compatible with your iphone your ipad the touch table um the desktop and and, and and nothing like this had ever existed it was really just you're creating things based on the potential demand and you're ideating with with the um with the developers to figure out what the best products are going to be to serve their needs. So I think, I feel that, that it's the, the, the exciting thing about the space is there's so much potential to create. It's the limitation is where is, where does your imagination end? Like what can you conceptualize? And therefore what can you create based on what you can conceptualize? And if, if you're, if the, what was beautiful about VR is the potential to create otherworldly experiences. The big disappointment is that people, lack imagination unfortunately most of the time so you end up building simulations of the physical world and those become the the virtual environments that we end up exploring and, and people are finding it quite tedious and uh and ultimately not very compelling as an experience so it's i would love to say here exactly where you should go and what you should do and how you should do it the reality was we were designing the future landscape and inf and creating the narrative for how developers going to work. we're going to work with these technologies just through listening and feeling the pain points and experimenting and making mistakes and uh, and and creating uh, multiple iterations of the products that we were building and and then and then seeing how the market would respond so it was Intuition plus play plus engagement plus research uh, that, that helped us kind of create the shape of the future products of, of the real estate space that then became some of the staple products. Actually, the people now say, this is how you are going to visualize buildings in the future. This is what people want to see. This is the information that we need to share. But at the beginning, we were inventing it. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, three things that really pop out to me. Uh, the first one that you mentioned is collaboration. That's huge. Uh, VR, obviously, the tools are relatively new. They've been around for a while, but the ease of access and use and integration with other software pieces like SolidWorks and whatnot that we actually use to create physical products. Um, as those tools become 
easier to use and better to integrate, then it really leads to, I think, the second thing that you mentioned in there, which is imagination. At first, you're used to using and designing around certain tools, like the original drafting tables before we had 3D CAD. And as soon as we got 3D CAD software and the tools expanded and improved and became easier to use, more integrated with manufacturing processes and all the rest, mm. then it allowed you to get more creative, more interesting with your, with your ideas. But you really, when you're, when you're a pioneer of these new products, you're also a pioneer of what you can make with them. You're a pioneer of the creativity that you, that your mind is allowed to expand to essentially with these new tools. So that's where it comes down to the last thing that you said, and it all really ties together, which is that experimentation. And when you can use these tools to digitally experiment, because there's really a minimal cost other than time to play and create and expand that imagination, it's a very powerful work can come out of that. Um, one of the things that I really want to highlight for uh, all the design listeners out there is really to start understanding how AR and VR might be integrated into your development process, how you may be able to use some of this emerging technology, both on the hardware and the software side, to be able to design better products. And if you can be at the front of that, we know this is emerging. When you look 10, 20 years down the road, it's inevitable that more and more physical consumer products are going to be designed using virtual reality. It's already happening. We're already integrating that in small bits and pieces into the design process. But look at what Luke did. He pioneered an industry in real estate. And you've got to think back then in 2014, it wasn't clear that this technology was going to revolutionize that. But I can tell you, anytime we look at a commercial or even many residential spaces now, uh, it's part of the process uh, in many of them. So it becomes the norm. And then obviously then you can expand your skill sets and your, your tools and, and the imagination from there. Yeah. It's, 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 it's nice that you, you, you can acknowledge that because at the time developers were very, very, very uh, narrow in their vision. And they had, they, they, the industry is one of the most established industries of the real estate space and one of the hardest to, to change and innovate because they had been, they, you know, the, the attitude was we've been doing things a certain way for the last hundred years why would we do things differently? And so you're in a room with all these developers who are looking at we don't need this technology and we don't want what you have to offer. And that was the entry point. You're coming up, you're up against a massive wall. And it, as, a, as a product evangelist, essentially, my job was to meet that mindset and help them see things differently. This is a big point right here. I want to just double down on this because I know we're talking about AR, VR today, but if you're in any hardware space, I think the idea is understanding that for most of the listeners on the show, you're you're creating or innovating something unique or different that's disrupting some industry in a small way, in a big way, whatever else. I mean, that is the essence of invention and innovation. So if you look at your product and see this great new feature, you have to understand that there's that transition point with your buyer. They need to understand and see this feature. And Luke was on the front lines of this in AR, VR. But these lessons that, that Luke discovered in terms of selling, in terms of getting that buy-in, in terms of pioneering that industry, that can translate to any new product, whether it's in the AR space or it's a new type of toilet plunger. You need to both make a great product, but then convince and almost educate your market as to why that's good. And then double down on that as it continues to grow and expand, as users start to love it, as they start to appreciate that value that you've now positioned. So, Luke, I want to ask you, in that transitionary period, you know, when you were new to the market, how did you, what, what tactics did you use 
to convince people that this was the future. How did you get them to see that value that you obviously saw? And, you know, then, and of course, inevitably you, you'd sell it to them, right? So this comes to the core of what is it? What is, what is the sales process ultimately? Like, um, for me, it's about sharing passion for something, right? It was, there's an, so, and it's, this is why I'm, I'm also, this, the spiritual dimensions kind of became interesting to me because it was like, what are we really sharing when there is nothing concrete to, to showcase, right? What are we sharing? We're sharing a potential. And that potential, that energy of that potential is, is intoxicating and it is highly contagious. So, and what people are really responding, responding to in all areas of life is the energy of potential. And we focus very much on the physical things. We're like, the potential is the thing, you know, it's, it's here. And it's like, well, no, it's just a cup or no, it's just a speaker. But the potential is the, 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 the restlessness, the dis-ease, the disease, the disease that the human condition carries and the desire to keep growing and innovating and moving towards what is beyond right? Just beyond our horizon, because we're constantly seeking and searching. And I know I don't want to go off, but it is something like that, because at the root of what it is that I'm, when I'm talking to a developer, and I'm like, this is amazing, you know, he's looking at me going, what is it, what is he looking for in me that is going to spark something where he's making a bunch of, it's like, do I trust this person? Do I feel that, 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 that I should even first engage in a conversation? Is there value for me here? How is he making? And a lot of these are, decisions are intuitive. A lot of developers are very fast moving and they're very intuitive, actually, even though there's a structure to the process. They're, they're people that really go on sense. And that was always the old way. So my sweet spot with conferences, uh, MIPIM was a big one for me, uh, which happens in Cannes. It's the biggest real estate conference. And it's meeting and connecting and exchanging that passion, that enthusiasm, just and, and meeting that resistance and then somehow breaking through with at the root, it's like the love for the thing that you do and loving something is contagious. It's because it awakens something in the other that, that, that is, that is, that we can, that where we meet and we can meet in these places of innovation, in passion and excitement, in, in creativity inspiration all of these words are connected to that feeling that emotion that you're translating you're transmitting and then there's the details right and then but the second thing is okay so you've got me you've hooked me now i want to go into the 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 the, 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 the fine print and then you kind of back it up with the detail the details of the process and then start ideating with that person but what you're really just communicating is potential You've got to sell them what what the dream is for them, really. That's the hook, the key is. And we've had some sales discussions on this show before, and it all comes back to the same thing. Don't sell your feature. Sell what that feature does to that person. What it, what, How does it improve their life? How does it change? How, as you mentioned, Luke, I, I love how you're looking at, at, the, at the vision, at the innovation, at the improvement to their life or to the world or whatever else, right? People want to be captivated by that growth. And... If you can focus on asking them the question, like either what's their pain point or what's, you know, what are they looking to change in their lives or in their customer's life or in their business's life or whatever it is, whoever you are selling it to, mm. the key really is to understand what the dream is, not what the features are. And then of course you back it up with all that evidence, which is you know, why your features are great and why it's done well and all the rest. 
But first and foremost, sell them the dream. That's your hook. That's the thing that gets them engaged. And especially, I think that's especially important when you're looking at new and emerging technology. And that isn't just AR and VR, which is obviously big stuff. It could trickle down to that new little widget you have, like you said, on a cup. And a, you've made a slightly better cup. That is an innovation. You are disrupting an industry. You are changing something. So the key is you've got to sell the dream of what that, how that change is going to affect that person's life in, in a great way. And then trickle it down to why the feature makes sure that that's going to happen. The proof, right? The sale, uh, the, the excitement, and then the proof. Totally. totally. I, I love the way you, you, you express and clarify and, and concretize some of the things I'm saying. It's, I appreciate that. You're very good at what you do. Um, the thing, the, at the root of it, though, you have to love this thing. You've got to love it. You've got to love that innovation in your cup, even if it's a slight widget that you, you have to love that, that, that you, I, I believe that that comes first. People feel the passion on the other end of the phone. Even if you're not on video, they can, they can tell the difference between somebody who's just trying to sell something to make a buck and somebody who's trying to sell you something because they know it's going to make your life better. And they're, they're so convinced it's going to make your life better that you can feel that energy. They're, they're, they would almost do it for free because they know how much that's going to help somebody. Right. That passion can be felt. Yes, yes, yes for sure. And then the, 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 the saying for love or money comes to mind. And for the first time, I was like, of course. Some people love money so much that the passion is motivated by making money because it's like, I, I like there are people like, I love money. I don't, <laughs> I love, I love uh, changing the world. I think, I think like making, like bringing something new to the world. That was, that's what I loved. That was what was driving me at the very beginning. I was just inspired by the potential of what this product could do. And I wanted to be at the beginnings of those conversations. And I loved bringing that to people. I loved sharing that enthusiasm. I loved to show people how they could change their own businesses with this technology and to find that process. That's that great. You have any um, last-minute thoughts in terms of the augmented reality, virtual reality world? Uh, anything else you want to share before we say goodbye? So, just to come back, Punch Drunk, two thousand and eight, and I think this is a nice finish. They partnered with a company called Niantic today. So, Niantic you might recognize as the creators of Pokemon Go, and Pokemon Go has currently made over five billion in five years as an application, probably the most successful application and AR that exists today for toys and games, even though it wasn't specifically AR, it's kind of, it's, it's, but, but as, a, as a product, it's one of the most successful case studies. It cut, what's interesting is Punch Drunk, who were revolutionizing immersive theater in 2008, are now going to revolutionize the augmented reality space with Niantic in, <laughs> and starting from this year. And they're in the process of working out what it is that they're going to create together as two kind of de facto institutions that are converging to really redesign the future of what experiencing uh, is going to be. And uh, but when we talk about endless potential, sometimes that canvas is too big. So to look at people who are able to create the end, like to create a, to, 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 to shape that into something that, that, we've not seen before. I feel that the, the, that collaboration between Niantic and Punch Drunk is, uh, is really where our attention should be because what we can learn from that collaboration will influence every other area of the VR and AR space.
and yeah, how it's, in, it's incredible. It, it's the, you know, it's another evolution of the tools that we're able to use. And we're just at the tip of the iceberg to even know what experiences that's going to create for the world in hardware spaces and software spaces. And of course, AR, VR, the merger of those two worlds. So our digital world is now going to come right in line with our physical world because we have these tools, a whole bunch of them, but this is right in the middle of being able to connect that all together. Luke, really appreciate you spending some time today to come on the show to talk about AR, VR, and how to sell it, uh, as well as those, those lessons to everybody else in the product space, what they can derive from the AR, VR world is, is very revolutionary and understanding how to actually create businesses around revolutionary periods of time or revolutionary technologies is always a unique subject. So thanks again. Appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. Maybe I can just mention our company, XRA. XR Applied, and uh, if anyone wants to explore some ideation processes with us, they can reach out and connect me. And I'll put the show notes, uh, links and all that in the bottom of the show notes. So you can just click through uh, to Luke's LinkedIn profile um, and to the, your company and all that, and anyone can explore and learn more. Amazing. Thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. Have Thanks, Luke. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Product Startup Podcast the show that teaches you what it really takes to bring your product to market and turn it into a big success. This podcast series is brought to you by Maco Design and Invent, the original and leading firm in North America to provide global caliber end-to-end physical consumer product development to startups, inventors, and small product business clients. If you're looking for product development help on your invention, head over to macodesign.com. That's M-A-K-O Design. Design.com for a free consultation from one of Maco Design's four design studios from coast to coast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.